Welcome to this week's episode of Dangerous to Go Alone. My name is Jay Ray, and I'm not as good at pinball as I thought I was. <laughs> and my name's Amanda, and I'm still sick, so apologies for my voice. Yeah, if you hear coughing, vomiting... I haven't been vomiting. ...wet sounds, uh, that's all coming from her. Yeah, I apologize that I sound like a prepubescent male. I think she sounds like a postmenopausal woman. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'd rather be a prepubescent male. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Oh, well. Uh, this, uh, we are a member of the Broken Jars Broadcasting Network, so check out BrokenJars.xyz to find all of the other awesome podcasts on there. Um, this week we are talking about board games. Before we delve into board games, can I can I make a little little two little announcements here? Okay. Okay. The first one is we if, didn't if, talk about this before. I know. I'm you're sorry. You're literally throwing me for a loop. I'm sorry. You don't need to say anything. Do you notice how I'm upside down? I. Oh my god! You're in the upside down. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. Stranger Things. Okay. So uh, last week when we talked about if a few folks listened to last week's episode, I misspoke when I said there were two parts to the season six finale. Of Buffy. Right, Grave. Grave. It's a single episode. I'm sorry. I just want to apologize for that misinformation. Mm -hmm. Second thing I want to mention is I have recently re-listened to some, if not all, of our podcast episodes. And I noticed that you can hear a little noise. It sounds like a little clickety-clack. Click, 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 click. Oh. Um, And I just want to let everybody know that that's my dog on the kitchen tile. Those are her nails on the floor. Also, in last week's episode, Jay Ray had to go deal with Bonnie because she was digging in the couch, yeah. uh, which is something we didn't explain at all. He just left for a second. Yep. And uh, so I just want to say, my dog is the one ruining our podcast, but she's very cute. She's very adorable. And she apologizes for the auditory inconvenience. Maybe I'll put her in the uh, the artwork for this week's episode. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that would be great. Bonnie playing board games. Yeah. Wait, we should stage a hilarious photo. Like, she's like like the dog's playing cards. Oh, my God. Cards, like, I'll set up one of my like board her. games. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. Anyway, so we're here to talk about board games. Last night, we had a fun little board game night that was kind of impromptu. An impromptu board game night, which doesn't happen very often. No, because it's hard, guys. It's hard. Gals. Uses and uses, yeah. These, um, thems. <laughs> so I, I'm a big fan of board games. My particular interest in them, in the fashion that I'm interested in them today, probably started closer to high school, like late high school, early college. Uh, it kind of weaned in and out during college, and then now that I'm an adult proper, and I've got time, I wish I could play more of them. But it's hard because people don't show up <laughs> like people aren't around you know yeah it's true you know everybody's going out or everybody's staying digital or people are playing video games so like the board games are particularly difficult because you need to get a group of people together in right? a room so yeah. last night was fun because no one expected it and we had met this at least we didn't <coughs> expect it <clears throat> yeah it's true we met a uh, one of our friends had some friends from texas around who now live in our area and um, we found out that they were fans of board games. So as we were talking, it came up, and uh, we played some fun stuff. Uh, an old favorite of mine, I'm the Boss, which we'll talk about a little bit. And then a g- new game to us called Betrayal at the House on Haunted Hill. That's right. I yeah. feel like it doesn't have the house. I feel like it said at house. No, it can't be at house. I know it can't be. <laughs> I think it was, though. Yeah. Uh, it was confusing. Maybe. Anyways, but that was a fun game. So we played that till like 2 in the morning. We did. We slept till noon today. We did. <laughs> We've only been awake for three hours, guys. I, if you are youngsters listening to our podcast, maybe that doesn't sound astounding to you, but we are grown-ups, and it's kind of crazy. It's really weird. Yeah, it's not how we live our lives. Anyway, it was fun. So, so let's take it back. You suggested we talk about our initial interactions with video games at younger ages yeah well i mean i played a lot of board games as a kid growing up um my dad is a big fan of games my dad it's my dad's kind of and we can talk about this sometime too because i think this is sort of interesting but my dad is really into what i would say it is sports and games Mm. but he doesn't like video games in fact he like hates video games and he thinks we're losers um and he doesn't know why people play video games and it's sort of interesting to me because he really likes sports all manner of well maybe not all manner of sports but a lot of sports baseball basketball golf right whatever um football 
and he likes games, card games and board games. Um, so he likes to play backyard volleyball, and he likes to play cards, but he just doesn't want to pick up a video game right? for whatever reason. Um, so anyway, him and I, growing up, we, we played a lot of games. Uh, particularly, I'd say we played a lot of Clue, a lot of Trivial Pursuit mm-hmm. um, was a big one. Uh, we still play a lot of games. Uh, we played a lot of Monopoly, probably. Um, kind of classic games like that. We had a few um, more weird, off-the-cuff games that people had never... I had never really heard of. Like, there's a game called Acquire that we like to play, which is just because we're nerds. Right. Like, the game's tagline is High Adventures in High Finance. Um, oh, that's the tagline. I thought that was the name of the game. No, I the see. game is called Acquire. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so it's a weird finance board game that we like because we're business-minded folk, me and my dad. Um, we have another game called Trust Me that we like to play sometimes, which is... Um, which is kind of fun. But the real struggle growing up is um, my mom doesn't like to play games. And particularly, she doesn't like to play games with my dad. And my sister doesn't really like to play games. So it was just me and my dad right. playing board games. And all of those games I mentioned, I mean most games, right? I'm not that good with two people. Right. Yeah, we used to play a lot sure. of card games and stuff too. And, and some things like it, up in New England, we play a game called Setback, um, which is pretty okay with two people. But still, any anything is made better by more people playing the game. Right. And I just I never had that experience growing up. We never played games with other people. Right. We did start a tradition in my family at Christmas. We play this board game called Know It or Blow It, which is another trivia sort of board game that's team-based. So you divide into two teams. So at Christmas, my whole family gets together and plays this game. Um, but other than that, like... Board games were kind of lame. Like, I liked playing with my dad, but we just always wished they were better. Right. I, I, I literally remember every time we sat down to play a game, my dad would be like, this game would be better with more people. Yeah. yeah. Like, literally every time. So so it's interesting. And then um, I, I never really got into board games in high school or college, though I always liked board games. Like I said, I played them with my dad as a kid. Um, and when I met Jerry, he likes to play board games. And mm. so I was like, well, this is great. If we can get people together, I like to play board games, right. too. I just never really got into them because I didn't have the opportunity because there weren't people around me to play with. Right. So, so yeah, that's kind of my experience with board games. Yeah, I mean, I probably had less board game interactions younger. Um, you know, probably more video games, more outdoorsy stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's probably just because of the way... Our families were. Mm. You you have a bigger family that's closer. You mm-hmm. know, I have a pretty small nuclear kind of family going on. Right. Um, so with my friends, we were always going out or whatever, and playing a lot of video games. Like Xbox was big around like my middle school time and mm-hmm. jazz. I didn't play Clue till high school. I really like it. It's wow. really fun. And I you know Clue. We should play Clue with my dad. We love Clue. Yeah. I mean, what Some I really like about games. Clue is the there's like a bit of role playing in that. You need to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like you got there or whatever. Like, there's information that if you're not really paying attention to what's going on, then you'll just be bad at the game. Well, and what's fun about Clue, too, is, like, you can deduce other information based on some information that you have. Like, right. So if you know this person doesn't have this card, it, it might mean that that person does or, like, right. that kind of thing. Right. Um, so I think that's kind of fun. I will say, when I was in college once, I um, hosted an event call <laughs> where we... Uh, Watched... We watched Clue while playing Clue. It was very distracting to have the movie Clue on in the background, which actually made the game quite good because people weren't as weren't making the same deductions they might have been making had their had the game held their full full attention. Uh, We were also drunk. I was going to say very similar, probably to playing Clue in a strip club. But it kind of was, and it was super super fun though. And I mean, that day we played Clue with like I don't know at least six or seven people, which I had never done in my life. It always just been me and my dad. And that game is completely different when you only have fucking two cards in your hand and shit. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I played Sorry Battleship. You know, like you said, classic stuff. Um, But then in high school. I was invited over to a friend's house to play some of his board games. Uh, these included a board game called I'm the Boss, which I own now. Yeah. Shadows Over Camelot, which I did own and will own again shortly. Mm-hmm. And another game called Arkham Horror, which is based on H.P. Lovecraft universe stuff. Um, so we would play those three games, and they were like super different comparatively. I'm the Boss is... I mean, I call it Evil Monopoly. 
Right. But really, if you go down to the basics of it, it's put your game piece on a place yep. and then talk to everybody to see if you can make money from being in that location. Yep. Um, but it becomes a lot about the interpersonal relationships that develop throughout the course of a game because, you know, if I did something early on that upset Amanda, then Amanda may be inclined to not deal with me anymore for the rest of that game, which means that we've cut off an avenue for money making. Yep. Shadows over Camelot is similar in that while generally everybody's trying to play against the board, um, I like to play with one player playing against the players in secret. Mm-hmm. Um, so similarly, it becomes this player doing all this espionage stuff, um, trying to hide from us while still putting up appearances that they can, they're trying to help us win. Um, and I just think it's kind of interesting in that way because it's not just roll the dice and see what happens, but you're really trying to go off of, you know, like if I'm really close friends, like obviously I I like you, Amanda. Oh, thanks. Right. But because I like you, and if I was a traitor, then I might use that leverage to be like, get you on my side. Yeah, So that if we're both fighting for it, then they'd be like, all right, well, maybe he's okay. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not. Right. I betrayed you. <laughs> right. Um, so then it was those types of games I got really interested to. And then from there, it just kind of took off. Uh, and then coincidentally, around the same time, maybe around college, um, Felicia Day started that YouTube channel, Geek and Sundry. Yep. And on that channel is Tabletop, hosted by Will Wheaton. Yep. And then that opened up like a whole new avenue of board games I never would have known about because it's really kind of hard to get into board games. Um, yeah, unless you know somebody who has one who's willing to teach it to you. How right. are you to even know board games exist? Right. Like back in the day when I was a kid, I remember there used to be like commercials for new board games, kids' board games on Nickelodeon or whatever. Don't but, Wake Daddy, Mousetrap. Yeah, 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 that kind of stuff, yeah. I had Don't Wake Daddy. I loved Don't Wake Daddy when I was a kid. <laughs> kind of a problematic game, right? It's like, why don't you want to wake Dad? I know. Is he abusive? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Yeah, and I had that other game too, um, Frady Cats, I told you about. Oh, yeah, on the fence, right? Yeah, on the fence. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I had, so I had a lot of those games as a kid, which I guess I did play with my friends some. Right. Um, my sort of kids' games. Candyland and that mm. kind of shit, but... Yeah, anyway, it's true. It's like, how do you find out about new board games? That's why I never got into them, I guess. Like, there was never anybody around me trying to, like, go to a board game shop like you are. Right. Um, so, yeah, when I met you, I guess I got more more into them. But it's not like I was, wouldn't have wanted to play then. Right. I just didn't have the, per- the, the thing, the impetus of it, right? Like, I didn't right. have the thing that was making it happen. Yeah, and it's one of those things that has to be made happen. Right. So, yeah, I mean, because that would be the was, same idea as like not having a console. Yes. and you never played video games because you just didn't have any. Right. You know? Yeah, and none of your friends did. So yeah. how would you get started? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because last night that game we played was, was kind of like a scary themed game, not necessarily scary off the bat, but like that was, it was like, like a the horror tone. theme, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it worked well. The rules were interesting and stuff, and we were talking about it on our way home, but. You know, there were multiple books, and then there was an act break in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, holy crap, like, how is this going to be fun? But it is, because ultimately, it's still just a game, and once you're doing it, the rules are actually not that complicated. Right. Um, but those aren't the games that have commercials and stuff. Sure. So maybe you never owned Battleship, but a friend did. Yeah. And then maybe that friend never owned Candyland, but you did. And then that's how those games become those classic games, because someone owns them, you right. know? Um, but these types of games that I'm into, and it's not I'm not into them because they are not mainstream games or whatever. I'm into them because they kind of break the mold of that classic gaming mm-hmm. structure by making the game bigger than the board, you know? Yep. Um, but similar to being into comic books or even video games, going into a board game shop is tough because there's like a smugness going on, you yeah. know? It's like a fucking hipster thing to do. Yeah, kinda. I mean, you go in and you're like, hey, you know, I'm trying to play some Carcassonne. <laughs> and that guy's like, oh, like you don't already own Carcassonne? Yeah. And it's like, oh, shut up, dude. Or Catan or <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah, like all those other things that are like, for those people are considered like board game basics. Right. So it's kind of hard to be a new person getting into it, you know? Yeah. And then, of course, like we said, you just need people. Right. I'm the boss. You can play with two people, but it gets kind of difficult. And it's really easy to monitor who's got more Who money has more or whatever. Money, right. um, you need at least one more person. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you know, with Clue, for example, with my dad growing up, like all the cards get dealt out except for the cards that aren't right that are in the fucking thing, right? right. So 
if he doesn't have the ballroom and I don't have the ballroom, that's it. Right. right. We know it's the ballroom. Right. You know, so it just happens. It all happens a lot quicker mm-hmm. um, than if everybody only had two cards in their hand. Anybody in this room. Right. Like you'd have to check with everybody to see if they have the ballroom. Right. You know. So. And there's a strategy there in that, like, you don't just keep asking about the ballroom, maybe. Though, right, of right? course, Maybe you yeah. don't want to show what you're trying to do. Yeah, so. that's the thing. The strategy becomes entirely different, right. depending on the number of players you have, which is really the case with On the Boss, too, a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, we so there was a fellow there last night who was playing, and based on the course of the game, he was kind of put at a disadvantage because he didn't have some certain cards that are required to participate in these various deals. Right. Um, but he did something super super clever toward the end of the game, and he was in second place. Yeah, but and he only lost he lost to me. Right. I'll have everybody know that I won the game last night um, by by one million dollars, which is the lowest anybody can lose by. Yeah, because that's mean, the lowest like denomination of money. Yeah, and that's not even that's lower than the amount of money that you can win. Right. Early in the game. Yeah, no, it's you know? true. So, it's like, true. we're talking... It was an impossibly yeah. close game. Um, so that was really crazy. But, again, it's because there was something outside of just doing the rules that allowed him to do this thing. Right. Because we all thought he was at a disadvantage, we let him get away with taking a pretty large sum of money. Right. Um, that we didn't realize was large enough to let him win the game. Yeah. <laughs> Almost yeah. win the game. So, yeah, it was pretty nuts. It was crazy. Um, so, Amanda... Yeah, J. Ray. Have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> I have never played Dungeons and Dragons, no. Uh, I played it like twice. Yeah. Once I played with my cousins on notebook paper. Wow. And then they were going off of memory, and this was way back. And then another time, I played another tabletop RPG, which is Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. And I was the, they call that a GM. Okay. Pretty much every game is a GM except for Dungeons and Dragons. Which is They're a DM. A DM. Yeah. What does GM stand for? Game Master. Game Master. Yeah. Makes sense. Gotcha. Um, so I've never really been able to have a good run at it because I've always been so new and it's been really hard, but I'm strongly pushing right now to do another session. Yep. And the further I get in and the more rules and stuff i read like honestly i can see how dungeons and dragons can be perceived as like the game because it's so big you can actually play games within the game Mm -hmm. you know totally um so which is kind of exciting to me because i don't know let's say like how crazy would it be if i was writing a campaign and then you're in a tavern or something and have to play chess against someone and then I'm just literally playing chess with another player right, right, right. while it's going, but I totally. think that's totally feasible. It is. Absolutely um, is. I probably wouldn't play Battleship. I don't know how I'd fit that into the lore of it. Right. But, um, or I could like do a makeshift version of Clue within. Sure. Create a, you know, a story that is full of mystery and have the characters go around and do the same shit. Um, so that's really exciting to me. So I'm, I'm working on it, but it's hard and I'm trying to get the people interested. But that's what we're saying is like... There's some commitment involved in these games. We, yep. you know, we we ta- we taught some new people. I'm the boss last night, and you know that one guy was super lucky at the end. Yeah. But ultimately, they were all kind of at a disadvantage because they just they didn't couldn't know. understand they as much. Before. Yeah. So, I mean, they all did better than you, right? Because you came in last. Okay, but who had the sweetest moves though? You did. You did. Yeah. You played beautifully. It was very well choreographed. Um, it was pretty to watch. Thank you. <laughs> But I mean, like, it's a time commitment, too, in a way that sometimes video games aren't because video games are electronic and are based on rules that the computer will help manage, right? Well, I will say that we do have some trouble with certain video games, too. Um, Like, you and I play Super Smash Brothers together, but obviously Super Smash Brothers would be better with four people or six people or eight people nowadays. Yeah. and we don't always have the opportunity to do that either. Mm. Um, oftentimes we'll whip them out at parties because we're nerds. So right. our parties ultimately devolve into gaming sessions at some point. Right. Um, but even then, like, it, it's assumed that the people playing know how to play. And even if they don't, honestly, like, it's only... It's, it's a pretty simple concept, right? There's no rules that need to be read or whatever. And that's right. the problem with board games is, like... You can't just whip out on the boss once everybody's drunk at a party, mm-hmm. unless they already know how to play. Right. Um, 
So it requires you to have like a consistent basis of friends that you like to play this thing with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were a little pressed for time last night, but I think it would have been beneficial mm-hmm. if we had played two rounds of I'm the Boss because the first round's a learning one and the second one, everybody's kind of on the yeah. same level. Yeah. But I was kind of eager to learn this other game this too. New game, so that's right. what ended up happening. Same. Um, and similarly, too, I always feel bad because it's weird, but I'm the Boss is really. People just like it. I bring it out, I teach people, yeah, and people they enjoy it. it. They really do. So when we get into a situation where there's a board game, a lot of people lean toward that, and then these other games get pushed by the wayside. Yeah. We had a board game night a couple of weeks ago, and a friend of ours brought board games, and yeah. we didn't get to them. We didn't get to play any of them, yeah. So we ended up playing the games that people know how to like. But... Well, and that's the thing, too. There's a time commitment in those games, too, that, like, with Super Smash Brothers or Mario Party or any other right. kind of, like, party video game, um, Mario Kart, like, there's not the same time commitment, because you could play, like, like just 10, a couple rounds right. for ten yeah. minutes, but, like... You know, last night, I was, when we were getting into this new game, remind me what it was called again? Betrayal at the House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. Um, When we were getting into that, it was like 11 o'clock, and I had this moment where I was like, it's 11 o'clock, this game's going to take hours. Do I really want to be awake till 2 a.m.? Well, that's the thing. We didn't know, though. Yeah, but we did. Not hours. I mean, they told us it was like Dungeons and Dragons-esque. That sounds involved. Yeah, but I also take that with a grain of salt, because only Dungeons and Dragons is Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, that's fair. But, like, even with, um, you know... With I'm the Boss, which isn't yeah. a particularly long game, uh, by the time you teach everybody how to play and all that stuff, like it's just time-consuming. I, I anticipated sure. us being up late when we decided to start to learn a new game at 11 p.m. That's fair. But I'm just <laughs> saying, though, like I'm the Boss, it's like a 30-minute game when everybody yeah. knows how to play it. Yeah. Munchkin, too. Yeah. Munchkin's like a 30-minute game. Munchkin's uh, tons of fun. But if it's the first time you're playing and you're really scrutinizing over every single card that you draw, then it could mm-hmm. take two hours. It's true. Um, so I think that's kind of what happened last night as well, is because we... Well, there was a lot of, like, what if I did this? Like, what if, right. you know, like that you know, sort of thing, trying to understand strategy in a way that they, they didn't yet, because right. they had never played. Right. Well, and that's the thing that is the difference between these board games and video games, because in a video game, you're playing Ocarina of Time. You're like, okay, Link can't jump in place. Right. I pushed every button, that's my answer. Right. <laughs> um... But well, in that's the, the thing, game. yeah, you only have so many buttons, really. Even though, like, with Smash Brothers, there's obviously combos and all that kind of stuff, but, like, there's only so many things you can do. You can right. punch and kick people, you can jump, right. you can throw people, like, right. you can block, and that's that's it. Right. Pretty simple. But unlike, you know, can you say things like, so when I'm the boss, it's really, really open. And mm-hmm. it got to a point last night where people were asking if they could um, leverage cards in their hand as mm-hmm. part of the deal. Right. And then we said no. Right. Um, I'm curious. I'm going to read the rules again later to see. If that's a rule. If, yeah. yeah. And if they don't specifically say it, I might sometimes let that happen just to Well, make and it then he went as far as to be like, well, could I offer to go get somebody a drink? Right. Then he started like doing like real world favors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there was another interesting dynamic. I was dynamic like, let's was... barter sexual favors yeah. while we play this game, please. Well, there was another <laughs> interesting dynamic that was happening too where these two guys that were playing were like, hey, like, I'll get you back. Oh, that was so weird. Yeah, yeah, but and it's like really hard, especially the nature of some of these games where your these temporary alliances are super temporary. So to commit that you'll help them later on is like so fleeting. Yeah, you know, but it happens because in a way that you can't do that in a video game. Yeah, no, it's true. You're playing Life is Strange, and you're given three text options to reply. Yep, that's there the only is no other option yeah. to say I'd like to touch your butt. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it is sort of interesting to say that because I, I was I was thinking about before we started this episode, like you know, are are board games more in, like as a as a general statement of fact, like are they just more involved? Mm. And they kind of are. Like unless you're playing Candyland or whatever, which we're not, um, they kind of are because, like you said, like video games, like they move. I mean, they're obviously open world games. So there's a lot of options and stuff, but like. Mostly, like, they move forward, and, like, the things you do next are obvious, and, like, how you play is obvious, you know? If you put a controller in somebody's hand with any video game that they had literally zero idea of what it was, after 10 or 15 minutes, they'd know the five things they could do. Right. You know what I mean? In a way that if you gave somebody 10 or 15 minutes to learn a board game, it would never happen. Right. You know? So maybe they are just more inherently complicated. Yeah, and but it's a complication because of the lack of stating it clearly mm. like these are the rules like you have to play within and you have to do these actions in your turn 
but because we didn't say you can't trade cards, right? Is that a thing? Right. And then there are house rules for these things. Sure, of course. Um, which is also interesting because. So I listen to this Dungeons and Dragons podcast called Drunks and Dragons, and they have a house rule that when you attack multiple enemies at the same time, you have to roll to see if you hit each, hit each enemy like you normally would. Right. But any enemy you do hit. They actually will share a single damage roll. Oh. Right. So, like, if I'm attacking five guys and I hit three of them, okay. instead of rolling for each guy I hit... You just roll once one and they time, all get any they, damage or whatever it is that The you three get. guys that I hit, right. Get the same amount of damage. <clears throat> That's weird. I don't like that. It depends. I mean, well, one, they do a podcast. Yeah. So they're trying to save the time save instead time. of yeah, rolling. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and then on the other hand, too, sometimes it depends. Like, if I'm doing... Say I'm a dragon and I'm doing a flame breath... Why wouldn't they all get the same damage? Yeah. You know? It's true. Um, I mean, it's different if I'm doing multiple swings of a sword. Right. Because then it should be independent. But they just did this house rule, and that's, like, their thing. Sure. Um, same thing. In a way that video games don't have house rules, video games just have technical Yep, there's no walls. nuance to it. Yeah. It just is, whatever right. it is. Yeah. So and that that's kind of exciting, though, to figure those out. Well, it's interesting, too, like, the other thing, I think last night, um, with that house, fuck, Betrayal at the House on Haunted Hill, yep. um, you and I, I think, picked up on that game rather quickly, because we've played other games like it, like, yep. sort of role-playing games with stats, and, like, we understood about roles, and, right. like, how that all worked, um, whereas another friend of ours, I think, was a little slower to pick up on right. exactly how that was all working, um, because it's not something she's as familiar with, so I wonder, too, it's, like... You know, if you play one role-playing right. game, you've in a way you've played them all. So not not really, but like you can jump into them a lot easier, which might also be true of video games. Like if you played one first-person shooter, right. it's going to be easier to jump into another first-person shooter, even if it's different in every other possible way. It's why Smash Brothers is so easy to pick up because it's just right. a, it's it's just a, a fighter, fighting game, and everybody's at least played it. like one fucking fighting game somewhere right. in their We've life. all put a quarter in a Street Fighter machine. At some point, <laughs> right? You know? yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, but, and that's just part of it, too. Just the more you play stuff, the easier it is for you to pick up on stuff. Right. Um, and then, of course, there are always and inevitably nuances of specific games anyways. That even if you're vaguely familiar with the genre of the game. Like, I had a item last night that was called a crystal ball. And it let me pick, let me pick an item from an item deck. Right. And put it at the top. Yep. But because of what we were doing, I couldn't see how that was beneficial. Right. But I was also within an area where I could do it. So I was like, maybe I should just do it. Right. And then 10, 15 minutes later, it did become beneficial. Yeah, it was very beneficial. Um, and you I was like, lost, oh, awesome. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but like, you know, there's sometimes like the game can't tell you when to do that kind of thing. Right. And maybe I never would have used that for like the first three times I played that game in general. Because I never would have seen the benefit before, you know. Right. So there's a bit of... You just have to know, which is kind of annoying. But there's yeah. a lot of things like that where you just have to know. It's true. Um, yeah, I mean, so... <sighs> board game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it, it's not to take away from these classic ones. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Like, Hungry Hungry Hippos is fun. <laughs> not really a board game. Not really. But yeah, it's I a mean, tabletop are, game. You talk about kids' games like Candyland or Hungry Hungry Hippos. They're like not really that involved. They're not involved enough to be entertaining for adults. Sure, but there's stuff. But there could be because there's stuff like Sorry, where you botch someone up so bad that they go back, which is yeah. not too dissimilar from Munchkin. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's the uh, framing of that world in the game, though, is what kind of changes it. Yeah. So you look at Sorry, and you're like, it's a weird Hershey kiss shaped piece. There's a dice and dots. Right. And that's it. Yeah. But Munchkin is a deck of cards, mm -hmm. a board, and tokens. And that's yep. it. It's like this, so it's there's some similarities for sure. And I think the more popular board games are the ones that strip away the excess. Yeah, I agree. And then make the world. Because also, too, there's just something that's like overtly nerdy, I suppose, about things with swords or sure. things with space or whatever. Yeah, so they yeah, dumb yeah. that down into like fun characters of candy worlds. Yeah. And then the kids are more inclined to play it, I guess. Um, or at least parents will understand how to explain that to their kids instead of telling them that, okay, you are a yeah. rogue elf. Well, the thing about like things like Candyland and stuff, and I had this thought when we were thinking about doing this episode too, where I was like, I wonder, I, I feel like, in a way, 
like board games oftentimes require a lot of strategy, a lot of strategic thinking, which is a skill. And I'm not trying to deny that as a skill. But in another way, I think that video games are almost a more um, streamlined. Well, they're they're more like about skill. Like the probably the person who's going to win a round of Super Smash Brothers is the person who's the most skilled at right. the game. Whereas with board games, like, you're not bad at I'm the boss, even though you always lose. Um, but there's just, like, an amount of luck and right. stuff and chance that happens in board games. And obviously games like Candyland are 100% about chance, about what you pull from that deck. Right. So that's all it is. There's yeah. nothing else to it. It's right. just a game of chance. Um, and obviously strategy-based games like the ones we're talking about are, you know, dependent on strategy. But, like, when we played Betrayal at the House on Haunted Hill last night... There was an amount of, like, chance that happened that, oh, you know, we got enough omen cards so quickly that we didn't have a lot of items right. stacked in our deck in our favor right. to win the game at the end um, at, and all that kind of stuff. So there's an amount of... There was a moment today when I was like, well, like, I wonder if being good at video games is more of a skill... Like, are people, like, good at board games? You know what I mean? Like, Oh, sure. Well, so... So we say board games, but really I think we should be thinking in terms of tabletop games, right? Right. Because Magic the Gathering sure. is play, are played at board game shops. Yeah. You know, no board, obviously, or not really. It's a card game. Yeah. Right? Um, and the skill there is like a twofold thing where, one, there's like a monetary part of it in that are you sure that you're keeping up with the correct cards? And then, two like building your deck because in magic the gathering you can only have so many cards in your deck right obviously personally you can own thousands of cards but you build this deck and you go in and there's a little bit of luck because like pokemon are you going in with a whole set of like one deck that is weak against this other person's deck and you don't know yeah there's chance but on the other hand too there's like a bit of synergy that you kind of know that you build in yeah um yeah, I mean, I guess that's the thing. Like, I just think most, and, and that included, like, I think there is more chance involved when it comes to board games um, than with video games. I mean, I guess there is an amount of chance if you're playing a round of Super Smash Brothers that, like, I don't know, maybe the map does something. Right, or if know. there's items or some shit. Yeah, whatever items happen to drop in your favor or not in your favor or that sort of thing. But, but generally, I think, like, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm really good at video games. Like, you started this podcast with the fact that you're not as good at pinball as you thought you were yeah. but like pinball then is considered a skill right yeah. like some people are really good at pinball and i don't think a lot of people walk around being like oh i'm really good at tabletop games sure I w- but i will say in terms of that like i do have friends that say they are bad at it because the games i pick have this personal conflict going on mm. because people are forced to lie because yeah. people are forced to negotiate, and they feel that is a deficit to them. Yeah, there are definitely skills involved. Right, so I would say they're skill-based. I mean, it's different, too. When I, when I mentioned Magic the Gathering, obviously, people can build the deck that they want on their own accord. Right. As opposed to, like, a shared game, like I'm the Boss, where everybody shares the same cards. And it's right. definitely more luck-based. Right. If this dude only stacks his deck with awesome cards, and obviously there are rules, you can only have so many types of whatever. Right, right, right. Um, but that's... Less luck. Slight luck because hopefully he draws it next. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but he has a lot more say in what's about to happen than we do and I'm the boss where if you end yeah. up with a bunch of, you know, one card and you can't use it because you need one war card to do this thing. Right. Um, but yeah. That's so, true. So and then I would say too, so even in a game like if we look at Dungeons and Dragons, it's harder to be skill based because the end game is self-made right if i say get out of town that's the that's the goal of this mission yep and you do it i mean as the dungeon master or the game master our goal isn't traditionally to mess up the player's day it's to give them something interesting to do while they get to the end goal right so i don't want to kill everybody sure but i do want to make it feel as if they might die yeah um and then they get there and they feel like they won and I feel like I won or whatever. But, um, you know, but there's some luck with the dice rolls. So even in video games, too, you can't control what the computer is going to do. You know, we've, we play Rocket League. We just started playing Rocket League online. Right. So I would say... Luck that becomes is, more about... Well, it's kind of interesting. Like, does that become more about skill? Because there are instances for both. Right. 
where you yeah. you hit the ball because you're trying to stop it from doing this one thing, right? Not intending for it to score a goal, right? So that was lucky. Yeah. Um, a guy on the opposing team did that, and I said, nice shot to him, <laughs> and it was like that wasn't a fucking nice shot. That was luck, right? And I was like, well, you made it. Well, you made the shot, so right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but on the other hand, there are people who do crazy fucking things and then get a goal, right? With the intention of Skill. doing specifically right. that, yeah. Well, and, and it's the thing about playing against the computer, like, because then it's like it becomes a learned skill, right? So we were talking about how the computer, you can start anticipating the things the computer will do. Right. Because you've played against the computer enough to know that the computer sort of does these things. Right. Um, when you play with real people online, you don't have that at yeah, all, right? right? So I almost think it requires more skill in a certain way. But it depends on what you're defining as skill, because learned skill is still right. a skill. Yeah, I mean, because how do you feel you're at pinball? You walked in yesterday. Oh, I'm trash so at trash. Pinball. Right, but we played a three-player game of Terminator 2, and you won both games. I did. Well, in one of the games, I completely slaughtered you guys. But the, here's the thing about pinball for me. I also don't know how people are good at pinball, because I think pinball, there's an awful lot of chance and luck. Um, so Because like, there are so many times when my ball, you know, yesterday we played a lot of pinball, so um, my ball just like went straight down. There's nothing you can do about it at that point, right. you know, like when it's just going straight down between your flippers and they, you know, they, no matter what you did, they would never reach. So like, how, how do you avoid that if right. you're good at pinball? I don't know, but like apparently people do because they regularly score like really high scores right. every time they play. They never like turn it on and just do trash. Right. Um, so I don't really know. And that's why I think I'm trash at pinball because I don't even know the answer to that fucking question. Right. I'm like, how do you even be good at it? So... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so but so I guess the point I'm trying to make then is that all games have luck anyways. Yeah. You know. Because um, then you even look at just general competitive stuff. Because you can never account for other factors that aren't you. Yeah. So in the Super Bowl, if a quarterback's throwing the ball to the receiver, you don't know what the other players... Yeah, maybe the wind gusts really do. hard at that particular moment. Right. And the the what ball if, what is... What if the weather's off, bad? Yeah. Right, you can yeah, be a sure. great player, but if you're not good in this particular weather, it's a problem. It's true. And now that I'm thinking about it, too, that happens in video games, too. So if you take something like The Last of Us, um, and you walk into a room, and um, you start executing a certain plan, but a clicker does something that you didn't anticipate it doing... Right then there's an amount of like luck that it the things went the way that you thought they were going to go or right. they kind of didn't right, <laughs> and right. then you ended up dead. So I guess there is. You're, I guess you're right. There's yeah. an amount of luck and skill, things you can factor in, things you can't. Um, so I think where, when people say that they are skilled at board games or video games or whatever, it's really about their ability to adapt yeah, to those scenarios. Totally. And uh, to bring in another game that we like to play into this, I think, too, there are certain people who can say that they're good at certain types of games. So right. another game we like to play is a game called Resistance. Yeah. And this is one of these games where, you know, you have to lie. There's an amount of, like, acting that goes into it. You have to convince people of different things that you believe or don't believe, like Mafia or uh, um, other games like that. And I have a lot of actor friends as I work in a theater, and I will tell you... Uh, they are better at these games. Like they, they like start out at a, at a higher playing level than I do because I'm not a skilled actor, which makes me not as good of a liar as some of my friends who can do remarkable things during these games, like burst into tears on command so we don't blame them for what they have done. Yeah. <laughs> it's happened, you know. So, um, so I guess there is an amount of like, oh yeah, I'm really good at these kinds of games. Kinds of games, right? Right. I mean. And it depends, too. Like I said, uh, growing up, I played a lot of trivia-based games. My dad really values trivia. So right. I have a lot of, like, useless fucking knowledge. And I happen to be really good at trivia games. And if I played a trivia game against Jerry, I think I would kick his ass every time a million times. Not because I'm smarter, but because I'm really good at trivia games because I learned all that trivia shit. Right. So that I could be really good at trivia games. Right. You know? So it makes sense. And my dad, too. He's great at trivia games. That's why he likes to play them. Right. <laughs> so. And that... And that's probably the truth of my father and what he doesn't like about video games is he's shit at them. Right. So he doesn't like to play them. <laughs> but anyway, that's a side note. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's, that's a great statement to make about the types of stuff to be played because, I mean, so let's look at first-person shooter video games. Sure. Like, I have just been playing them for a long time. I don't say I'm particularly good at them, but I'm not bad at them. You are particularly good to me. I think you're particularly well, relatively, good. Relatively, but yeah. because I think my experience with those types of game has trained me to do and play in certain ways that behoove that genre yeah in a way that because you're you know 
2016 is like the year of first person shooters for Amanda. <laughs> um, and you don't have that burned into you the no. same way that I was having a lot of trouble with Ocarina of Time when I played it last year. Right, because Zelda's not burned into you. Right. Yeah, I remember watching him play Ocarina of Time <laughs> was sometimes a struggle for me because a lot of times I was helping guide him just to make it easier and less painless for him. Right. Um, but sometimes I like would walk into a room and I'd try to suggest to him like how it is he could figure this out because when i walk into a room in zelda and i see it i'm like oh got it right because that's the way the puzzles and strategy in zelda go but that's because i'm a long time zelda player well that i understand that that's right yeah yeah same way it's like you know i like i see that x weapons available right and we're in y situation so why don't you just do this thing right but it's because i see the zelda world in a different way than you see a room full of demons right and that we're just not, we don't understand yeah, that our brains, these things are connected. Yeah, but, yeah, our brains are just operating on different levels. Well, because that's the thing, too. Oftentimes when I was trying to give you hints, I'm, I'd be like, what weapon did you get in this dungeon? Right. You know, when you get to the final right. boss. Because, of course, the final boss of that dungeon is going to require you to use the weapon that you found in that dungeon. Right. But that's only, of course, to me. <laughs> right, right. You know? <laughs> Well, and, and you're always like, well, why can't I use this thing? Because in a first-person shooter, if you have eight guns, you can utilize all eight of those guns in right. whichever way you want to right. defeat this thing. In Zelda, that's not the case. You need to use the this particular weapon in right. this particular way or you're never going to defeat that boss. Right. Well, because like right now, you're at a boss in Doom. Yeah. And you're at the second part of this battle. Yeah. And you've expressed to me in the past day or two that you feel like you cannot get past it. Yeah. But to me, you've already got through the first part. Yeah. And there's a parallel to me to boss battles in Zelda or whatever in that it's repetition, learning things or whatever. So obviously there's going to be some skill in that if I can't successfully deflect uh, Ganondorf's circular beam of bullshit. Right. And if I can't hit it back at him, even yep. though I know I have to do it, then that would cause me to feel that way. Right. But I know in that game that I did do it once because right. there's that weird middle part where I had to do that. So, of course, I can do it at the end. Right. Because I've learned those skills. And similarly, that's how I feel about you. So, you just have to keep doing it until you do it. I'll get there. Um, but same thing with tabletop games. I actually, it's so it's super interesting, right? Because in the past couple of weeks, I was like, I want to get into Dungeons & Dragons. And then yep. I found out that there are all these podcasts. And Rooster Teeth started doing stuff with it. And then, like, last week on Dig, they started doing exposés on dice. Mm. Like, 20-sided die have a higher chance of being less fair because of the weight and shape and stuff and how you could check by putting oh, salt wow. in a cup of water and see what it's more likely to do. That's and, fucking fascinating. Yeah, and that was science. Yeah, and I was, cool. that, was, that was not me like looking for it. Like wow. that was on the front page of Dig and I was like, holy shit, that's great. That's so cool. Um, Stranger Things is talking about it. So right, it yeah. just started becoming a thing and I was like, I need to get into it. But Dungeons and Dragons is a super different animal than I'm the Boss or Candyland or Trivial Pursuit. Yeah. Because... Honestly, it's almost closer to Clue. Like mm-hmm. you have to take notes about what's happening. Yep. Um, and you need to know what you have to participate in a certain situation, whether it's stats or an item. Um, and some people just aren't good at that because they want to sit down and they want to just play what's in front of them. Yeah. You know, uh, in the same way that like Zelda was confusing to me because I couldn't see outside of the box. You know. Totally. I wasn't thinking in terms of what can be dragged. Mm-hmm. But Dungeons & Dragons is, like, literally about that. Yep. Um, so it's, it's definitely interesting, all these different types of games, but I think it also just makes a lot of sense why people would feel inclined to not play certain types. Yep. Um, and the money stuff is super stressful with all these games uh, in terms of games that make you have to earn a lot of money or whatever, like Monopoly or I'm the Boss or Acquire. Yep. You know, because... In the end of it, it's really, do you have more money than your friends around the table? Right. And then there's an inherent competitiveness about that. Yeah. And there's like a psychological thing that happens where you can't help but feel good when you know that you have a lot of money. Yeah. And it and it's a really clever thing that games do, especially tabletop games that video games don't necessarily do, because you see who you're playing against. Yep. So you see when I've only got X amount of money and I'm not doing great, yeah. that I feel down. Yeah. So there's like a just a personal need to continue to do the best that you can, which is like commentary on life. Yeah, <laughs> you sure. Know? Because sure. If the, because there was a point last night where, like you said, like you felt like it was impossible. And again, we ultimately did lose in that betrayal game. Oh yeah, yeah. But 
you gave up early, <laughs> you know? So it's... Said you. It could be... You said, <laughs> said Marley. You said, you said you. But it could be said that maybe, and I don't really know because I'm not so well-versed in that game, but maybe we all could have made better moves had we felt like the situation wasn't as dire it was as it plausible, was. plausible, right? right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Because we kind of got close in the end. We did. You know? But so maybe if we all kind of pepped up a bit more, maybe we could have pulled it through. Well, the werewolves won. And we were werewolves, so we won in the end. Yeah. Because we got turned into werewolves. <laughs> yeah. Well, two people died. Yeah, they didn't out. win. That's what I'm saying. Right. The people who really lost at that table were the people whose characters died. Our characters didn't die. We were just werewolves. But did we want to be werewolves? No. I was right. disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but so I I like these tabletop games, and I'm kind of excited to see that they're making an appearance in mainstream stuff. Uh, it's exciting to know that more and more people randomly play them. So yeah. we met this couple from Texas yesterday, right. and it just came up. Yep. Like, I wasn't prodding, asking, like, looking for new friends to play board games with. They mentioned it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. And oh, shit, we, we have friends to yeah. play board games with. And yeah. there was all types of games that we both played. And I was, was like, great. okay, that's great. Yeah. Um, and I think we're seeing that more and more in all types of people. Yeah, it's true. It's really true. It's it's become, it's it's making this resurgence. Like, I feel like, I mean, I don't really know the history of board games, and I would love to fucking go to a board game museum and learn about the history of board games. It's probably fascinating. But um, I feel like there was a big, I don't know, it seems like when I was a kid, it seemed like an old school thing to do, to play board games. Like, it seemed like something that came about in the 1950s or something with families and, like, family time, family board games, I don't know. And um, it didn't seem cool, because, like, video games were cool, you know what I mean? So it didn't seem cool to play play board games. But I I feel like it's coming back around in this interesting way. I, I couldn't believe it yesterday. I mean, I said that to you, but I was like... I can't believe we just met these people who also play board games. Right. But but it's becoming a not weird thing to to meet to these people. Into, like yeah. yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And I, board game shops and stuff are popping up all over. Like, board game shops didn't used to be a thing. I remember when I was a kid, my dad used to want to, like, discover new games to play. And we used to, like, go to Toys R Us right. to see if we could find a new game that we might want to play. And, that, you know, and, and I still do that. But, yeah, those games are all games that we've all heard of before. Right, You're not yeah, going to find like, these like crazy games Totally. In now we have board game shops for yeah. that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, I mean, that's about all I've got. Yeah. Yeah. We like board games. If you guys want to play with us, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess one, one additive thing, too, though, is that there are changes to the way board games are being handled to accommodate for digital stuff. Oh, it's true. Yeah. I mean, like let's talk about... You could play about... Catan on a console. Yeah. And let's talk about that Arkham game that right. you like to play. You and I play it on your... Uh, I always think you have an iPad, but you don't. You no, have a tablet. It's just a tablet. You have a tablet. Um, but yeah, we play it on your tablet, which is super cool. And now we're talking about playing Dungeons & Dragons online. Yeah, yeah. Using like a website called Roll20.net um, that accounts for a lot of Stuff that you don't have to necessarily do anymore in person. Like, I don't need a physical character sheet that I use a pencil on to keep erasing and updating information. I could just do it digitally. Right. And I don't need to make a grid to put character tokens on. It all handled digitally. And you don't even really need to have dice, obviously. No. And honestly, if, if you're talking about it's true about the 20-sided dice having, like, weight or whatever right. because of science. It's even more. And playing a die digitally is really, like, the uh, most proper way to play. right. right. Every option's equally yeah. possible, you know? <clears throat> so it's making these things way more accessible. Totally. Um, I mean, so this game on my tablet that Amanda's talking about is called Arkham Elder Signs. And I also own it physically, and I've never played it physically. And sometimes it's hard to be motivated to play it physically because the tablet version accounts for so much. It just won't let me do things I'm not supposed to do, which right. is, like, nice because then I don't have to memorize Check all these rules. Check all the rules, rules right? Um and then, uh, like, a game like Civilization, right, mm. is yep. basically Risk. Yep. Um, but it's digitized. My and dad and fun. I used to play Risk, too. That game yeah. no. long. <laughs> I remember one like particular... Risk for days. Yeah. I remember an evening where we were playing Risk on, like, a regular map. Yeah. And uh, I was losing, but I wasn't the last one. I was, like, third place. Mm-hmm. And then I was stuck in a country called Ural. Okay. And I was just having trouble making more troops or whatever, but people were having trouble coming in because my country was so densely populated with defenses. Sure. So I was just in it, and people were ignoring me, and I couldn't expand. Right. So I was just going to be like this this last guy to have to be dealt with before right. I went. 
So I was just sitting there making puns like, you're all in trouble. <laughs> you're all not going to get in here. You're hilarious. Um, but now there's like civilization that does that too. Yeah. Um, and because it's digital, it can give you brand new experiences in a way that maybe it's harder for board games to do because you need to buy peripherals or whatever. But civilization can randomly generate land masses. Right. So every time you start a new campaign, it's a brand new planet. You know? Well, and there's like a convenience to it too. When I was a kid, I remember one Christmas I got a computer game. It was a disc, CD-ROM um, version of Monopoly. Mm. And whenever I, me and my dad wanted to play Monopoly, I always preferred to play. I was like, let's play on the computer because you have to find fucking greenhouses right. and you don't have to do math to count your money. It just automatically knows how much you have to pay. Right. You don't have to check your card to be like, how much is the rent when right. you have four houses on Boardwalk? You know, and that whole thing. Um, and you don't need to ask for a banker. Right. But interestingly, my dad hated doing that. Right. I mean, maybe it's because he's old and shit or whatever. But he was like, no, like, that's sort of the fun of it to be like, oh, let me check what that is. And, like, right. you know, he sort of liked all of that. Um, so it's it's also a partial, you know, it's what you're partial to. Right. Because, like, know? I could see playing Dungeons & Dragons on Roll20 but still getting myself dice. Yeah. You know? Right. So, yeah, because like, it's kind of, like, you, you nice to have dice. shake it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, totally. So, you know, but it's it's just becoming more accessible for everybody. Absolutely. You want to stay just digital. You want to do a well, hybrid. Well, you can play the way you want to play. Right. Like, whatever you think is more convenient or what works for you or your friends or whatever your situation is. Because the thing about playing with, on Roll20 is, like, we don't necessarily have to be in a room together right. um, to play this game. Which could be really good if your friend lives in Albuquerque and you right. live in Idaho, you know? Yep. So, you know, it's but it's all, like... You just make it work for you. Make it work for you, yeah. And it's nice to have all the options yeah. to in order to make it work for you. Yeah. Um, okay. More ways to play. More ways to play. Isn't I feel like that's like a tagline for GameStop or something. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's like all things too, because we, obviously we went to a, a pinball arcade mm-hmm. yesterday, if that mm-hmm. wasn't clear from this podcast. And it's like, we like to go play games at arcades sometimes. Right. Um, it's right. fun. It's a different experience. Yeah. But obviously, obviously we can all hook up on fucking Windows where there's that like stock pinball game. Absolutely. Or, but you can go play Adam's Family or whatever in a museum. Yeah. It's yeah. Different. It's sort of fun to like go to a place and it becomes a thing that you go to do. And obviously you can just play a video game at home. Right. Or you can play online or you can, you know, there's like just so many ways to do it. Right. Like the group of kids. You can play on a computer. You can play on a console. You can, you know, play on your computer with a controller. You can, you know, there's so many options. Yeah. I mean, like the kids I'm proposing to play Dungeons and Dragons with, one of them suggested that, like, maybe every other session we do meet in person. Yeah. Which I think sounds like great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like you just make it work. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Well, that's about it for this week's episode of Dangerous to Go Alone. Follow us on Tumblr at d2ga.tumblr.com I'm going to let you do that all the time because I don't remember that's cool uh, follow us on Twitter at DangerLonePod um, check out Broken Jars on XYZ like I said for all the other podcasts um, good shows there uh, the network's continuing to grow so it'll be fun uh, like and leave a review on iTunes we'll let your friends know and as always if you want us to talk about something specifically let us know wherever you can find us yeah you can contact us on Twitter you can DM us there or you can drop something in our ask box on Tumblr um, you can totally let yeah. us know let us know Sky your yeah um, send us a letter smoke signals via, via carrier pigeon we, that's correct we like carrier pigeons that's how strongly you worded letter delivered by an, a bow and arrow to a wall near me <laughs> sounds great alright and uh, we will see you next week later <laughs>